Hello and welcome to this episode of Historical Hot or Not. Just a quick note before you listen to it. We recorded it live on Instagram as a promotional thing, which is why we keep referring to people coming into the live broadcast and we're responding to things that they're typing in. We then lost uh, half of the professional recording of the episode. So this episode actually is the audio from the clip of the Instagram live episode. So why it sounds a bit more rough, there's a bit more overlap of talking, It's very rough around the edges. We can only apologise, but alas, it is the only audio of the episode that exists. Uh, On the plus side, we quite enjoyed doing the bonus bang live, so we think in future we're probably going to record all the bonus bangs live first. So if you don't want to wait till it's in the feed to hear it, just uh, if you ever see me or Catherine or the Hot Not Pod feed go live on Instagram, just click on it. You'll witness a live recording of an actual episode, which is fun. Anyway, without much further ado, uh, I will leave you with this episode, which starts with a festive remix of the theme tune from Mr. David Eagle. They might be a Viking or a Saxon or a Roman, but tell me, do you like them? Would you sex them? Would you bone them? Would you go to bed with King Ethelred? Would you bonk William the Conqueror up in the sheets with Samuel Pepys? Mussolini was a meanie, led a fascist insurrection But does he make you creamy, does he give you an erection? Would you pork Richard the Duke of York? Does a boner start when you think of Bonaparte? Are you sexually aroused at the thought of Pol Pot? Historical Hot or Not Hello and welcome to Historical Hot or Not, the only history podcast that looks at the life and times of history's most famous individuals and says yes, but would you? It's the pod parchment that puts the gay in the Archangel Gabriel, has a threesome with the three wise men, and has a conception that is about as immaculate as a poorhouse gangbang. I am Maiden McCaffrey, I am not a historian, and this is... Catherine Mather, who's also not a historian. Uh, we are well, comedians, though. And we are absolutely horny for history. And we hope everyone who's logged in is horny for history too. Kath, we're recording this podcast uh, in a week before Christmas. Uh, what are your plans? What are your festive plans? Good God, who knows? <laughs> in these times, uh, probably eating a lot and drinking a lot uh, and um, going to church. Uh, how about how about you? Are you really going to church? <laughs> Fuck me. <mate>. Um, <laughs> I mean, if they've got, I don't know, like, if they're handing out mince pies, I'll go in, but... <laughs> you strike me as a religious. I like how for the this uh, Instagram Live episode, you've decided to uh, portray yourself as a holy individual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm the good one of the two of us, if you're just joining. <laughs> um, what, <laughs> what will you be doing, uh, Christmas Eden? I will be uh, sunning myself on a beach in Alicante, Spain. Perfect. I mean, I had no idea that you were trash going to Alicante, but um, <laughs> it's, I'm sure it'll be lovely. I'm sure you'll have a nice time. Kath, the thing you'll realise about me is I present this image of, as a refined middle-class gentleman with my shutter windows and massive Christmas trees. Mm. But deep down, I'm just scum. I'm just absolute scum. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And I'll be there, slapping on the fake tan before I go to Alicante, uh, where I'll just be eating English food solidly for 36 hours. Screaming, beer! At some poor, poor bartender. Uh, exactly. Should we crack on with, with the episode? Because we've hit yeah, a that's... high in viewing <laughs> <laughs> 
a high of five, two of which might be us, which I'm not sure is particularly good, but hey. Yeah, let's do it. Each week we take it in turns to present a historical figure to each other, and then the other person has to decide whether they would bang them. If we decide that we would bang the historical figure, they end up going on the bio-tap statistry, uh, along with all the other people who we've decided to bang in the past, which include people like the medieval comedian Jane Fool, uh, Lord Byron, uh, Joseph II, Holy Roman Emperor is on there. There's a whole smorgasbord of bangable historical people uh, on this tapestry. It's good. This is a bonus bang episode, so it's a little bit more whimsical than normal. So it's a bit sillier. Sometimes we do fictional characters like, say, Miss Havisham or Juliet Capulet. And on other episodes, we've done, well, sometimes just artifacts. That's all right, isn't it, Kath? Like, uh, say, The Vitruvian Man or the episode where I asked you, would you rub the Turing Shroud on your vagina? Which you said, yes, you would. Oh, hell yeah, if you could. If you had the opportunity, you absolutely would, right? Exactly. So yeah, fuck the museum security. Get it on you. Yeah, I mean, if anything, the fact that you get past the museum security is, uh, like, even makes you even better, doesn't it? I reckon when they put that image of, that fake image of Christ on that uh, uh, medieval bath towel, they were absolutely thinking of drying the gooch with it, so get <laughs> stuck that? in. That's just my <laughs> gooch cloth. <laughs> <laughs> Why's your gooch cloth got an image of Jesus on it? Hey, because I'm a classy individual. Yeah, I don't know, it's just some, like, hippie. Anyway, <laughs> today's episode is not whimsical. It's kind of whimsical. I was looking for my phone to send you a picture of this guy, and I'm talking on my phone, uh, so I'll not send you a picture. <laughs> but I think that you'll you'll be able to quite quickly build up an image of this person in your mind. It's it, it's a festive one, and today um, I'm asking you, Aidan McCaffrey, if you would fuck Rudolph. He's 83 and is from the North Pole. <laughs> What's fun about the regular episodes of this podcast is sometimes you don't know who it is from the description because we do the uh, dating app style description. Oh, this is Tom. He's 60 whatever and he's from Canterbury. And it's only later that you realise, oh, we're talking about Thomas Beckett, the Archbishop of Canterbury from the 12th century. But there's something about Rudolph, 80 years old, uh, the North Pole. That makes me think this could only be one person. It could, yeah. He's got a very red nose. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's not the first time I've asked you if you'd fuck an animal. No, we, we had like a nice bro- unbroken chain of uh, powerful historical figures from episodes one to three, which was, as I say, Thomas Beckett, Jane Fall, and Lord Byron. And then in episode four, Kath pitched to me a World War Two hero dog called Judy. And then I had to make the... Uh, broadcast decision as to whether <laughs> I would have sex with the dog. And I'm proud to say, everyone, uh, I said I would. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to have sex with the dog, it might as well be Judy the World War II dog. Yeah, oh my God, she is fucking amazing as well. <laughs> like, uh, I, I would. She's had a better <laughs> life than me or you, Aidan, or any of the four viewers that we've got. <laughs> <laughs> Neil above, Chris Norton Walker, Chris Lees, this dog's had a better life than any of you. Any of you. Anyway, apparently Neelzebub666 says that Rudolph has a whiskey nose and is impotent. Um, <laughs> yes, sure. Uh, that's not um, going to affect my decision. So, no, so. no. Well, you know, all, all of the best people have, you know, had a dalliance with impotence. I, I don't have to be receiving it from Rudolph. He could be receiving yeah. it from me. And in that sense, his, his lack of ability to get hard is of total irrelevance to me 
Yeah, a hundred percent. If anything, I would imagine that you would be banging the animal. Um, How often do you think about me banging animals, Cass? <laughs> on, uh... I mean, <laughs> more often than before we started doing this podcast. <laughs> when I was just some guy who knew on the circuit, you, you might say it was almost never. Yeah. Whereas now it's a disturbing amount, even if it is just twice in the past six months. Yeah, that is a lot, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> really. Yeah. Anyway. Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, uh, is the ninth and youngest of Santa's reindeer. Some say that his parents are Blitzen and Vixen, others say it's Donna and Mrs. Donna, which seems like bullshit to me. Like, why <laughs> do the girl ones never get their own name? You know, like yeah. Penny in, um, what was it, Big Bang Theory, didn't have a surname until she married Leonard. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Donna and Mrs. Donna. Whatever. As a fawn, he was mocked by the other reindeer for his grotesque deformity until one foggy Christmas night it became useful and he headed the team in their Christmas deliveries light in the way. He quickly became Santa's favourite and then suddenly every fucker loved him. <laughs> Kath, do you remember the historical figure we covered in series one who also had a deformity? Can you remember who that was? No. Lord Byron. And we all know what happened there. Lord mm. Byron grew up to be an absolute player fuck machine. I'm hoping that that's where this story goes, that Rudolph got past his uh, deformity by just becoming an absolute top shagger. Is that what happened? Yeah, he's a fucking player. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, that's all of the information about Rudolph. We don't know too much. But um, I'm going to tell you about how he came to be. So he was the brainchild of Robert L. May, uh, and he appeared on the scene in 1939 at uh, the Chicago-based department store and retail corporation Montgomery Ward had asked him to create a cheery children's book for Christmas shoppers, as this would be cheaper than the colouring books that they gave out in previous years. I was so sad when it's like, oh yeah, oh, capitalism. Every oh. little thing. <laughs> About Christmas. It's the capitalist. It's annoying, isn't it? Because, like, we did a, a Christmas, another Christmas special on Nicholas of Myra, which should be released this week. And at least that sort of, uh, like, a thousand years of folklore coalescing to create mm. the image of Santa Claus. Yeah, I just assumed there would be, like, again, hundreds of years of thing, like, oh, the Norwegians used to, I don't know, put sleigh bells on their reindeer in December time. And over time, this myth of them flying to give presents, I thought that's where we were going. Not just some guy needed to sell some fucking toys in December, so he made some shit up. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah, just before the war as well. At the Is time, that, I reckon that's why they went to war as well. Yeah. I reckon the Allies were so goddamn annoyed that that someone <laughs> had uh, created Rudolph for purely capitalist purposes. Like, fuck this, we're going to kill yeah. Hitler. Are those cunts bullying a reindeer? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so anyway. At the time uh, that Robert was inventing this story, he was 35 years old and his wife Evelyn was dying of cancer and was struggling to pay his medical bills because, yay, capitalism. He wrote the story in 50 hours, testing the tale on his four-year-old daughter, Barbara. The idea of a red nose came to Robert when a thick fog descended over Lake Michigan. The idea of a bright red nose was initially rejected as, at the time, a red nose was associated with chronic alcoholism. <laughs> Well, that's so, why he said Neil, Neil's above 666 and Rudolph had yeah. a whiskey nose. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking drunk child. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Rudolph 
uh, may have been a player and was absolutely an alcoholic player at the same time, it would appear. Yes, he was, yeah. Uh, what, what a lad. Uh, so 2.4 million copies were distributed in 1939, but wartime paper rations prevented a reissue until 1946 when they made another 3.6 million copies. Evelyn died in 1939. Two years later, Robert married Virginia, because I guess you couldn't be without a, a wife back then. I think I've asked you this before, but like, how long after your wife died, do you reckon? you could get back on it oh yeah you asked me this in a previous episode and i said i said it would depend on when the last time i had lunch was yeah so like if i'd had lunch and then she then she died i'd pretty much be on it like that but if i hadn't eaten 45 to 60 put aside for lunch and prep and then boom i've installed tinder yeah well yeah i mean you can do that whilst you're eating can't you don't waste time uh, to be honest, I think that my it will be wrapped up in my lack of ability to acquire the dick, you know. Anyway, you pick, up some, pick up some tips from uh, from Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, the slag-nosed reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wanted to publish the book because six million copies had already been given away. So they're like, well, why would we sell it? No one's going to buy it. They've been given it until. Harry Elbaum, head of Maxton Publishers, took it on for Christmas 1947, uh, printing 100,000 copies at sale for 50 cents each. So, you know, it all, it all works out well in the end. Uh, and although Rudolph has got no family mentioned in the original story, uh, the BBC adaptation says that he's got a son, Robbie, and uh, HBO Home Box Office gave him a son called Junior. Hang on, is, is, are you telling me Rudolph has a HBO series? Apparently so, yeah. What, what happened? This one, Rudolph was like the head of a gangster empire, selling kids' toys like he's stolen from the back of a truck. Yeah, and mo making cocaine uh, in the rainforest. That's how they make money out of him from sort of January through August. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it's all very well you know, in, the, in the two months leading up to Christmas, but how the hell are you going to make money the rest of the year? And the answer to that is blow. Got to sell that blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, if you're, you could probably evade customs better if you are a flying reindeer. Bag mm -hmm. up as much Charlie on the back of that sleigh as possible. And you can get from uh, Tijuana to uh, Los Angeles whilst also evading the American border forces. So it all makes sense. It all makes sense. It does. Yeah. Oh, my sister Helen's just joined. Hi, Helen. Hi, uh, Helen. We haven't mentioned you so far in the live broadcast, but it's only a matter of time. You're really the third character in this, uh, in yeah. this podcast. One of the best messages that I've had probably this year was off Helen saying, I've been listening to your podcast um, whilst I've been wrapping up Christmas presents and you said that I got mentioned quite a lot in it. <laughs> people said horrible things about me and I've not heard a single awful thing said about me yet. Why? <laughs> so you think you want us to mention bad things? The only reason I... Look, I dragged you into it, Helen, because... Half for some reason asked me on one of the podcast episodes, we were talking about gangbangs, and she said, uh, would you like to see your wife have a gangbang? So I said, like, and she was single at the time. So the only recourse I had was, no, but I'd like to see your sister have a gangbang. Like, what was I supposed to say? <laughs> uh, yeah, you were backed into a corner, eh? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was backed into a corner by all the people that were gangbanging me. <laughs> yeah, we, we really go method uh, on this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we've not wanted to, but the amount of 
dick sucks. <laughs> oh. I know you're embarrassed, Kat, that we're doing an Instagram live podcast and just talking about dick and gangbanging. This is what the podcast is. We talk a little bit about history, people learn a modicum about history, <laughs> and then we're just talking about jizzing in people's faces for the rest of the episode. That's the mm. podcast. It is, yeah. Well, we are going to be recording another episode after this one, so we'll make sure that we say really terrible things about you, Helen. Um. <laughs> when I said um, jizzing in people's faces, I literally saw the number of people viewing tick down on exactly <laughs> as I said it. <laughs> so I guess the question here is, having heard what you've heard, would you fuck Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? <laughs> Would I bang old Rudy? Um, Rudy Red Red. No, so I did bang Judy the dog on the grounds that she was a war hero. And yeah. and what I did with that episode was I thought, I'll put my, I'm in the mind of a dog. I am a dog. Yeah. So I, I don't, as a human, I do not want to have sex with Judy the war dog. But as a <laughs> dog, she, as I said, she's up there with Lassie, with Bouncer, all of history's great dogs. So with Rudolph, I've got to do the same thing. Like, I'm a reindeer. Do I yeah. want to have sex with a reindeer? And, mm -hmm. and if I'm honest, I'm going to have to say no for two reasons. Oh. It's just a corporate creation. Yeah. As you've said, this wasn't something that grew out of centuries of mythology and folklore. No. Rudolph's just some guy in America in the 30s going, how do I sell more kids' toys or more kids' books? So... Mm -hmm. It's a bit like saying, would you have sex with Ronald McDonald? It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, even no, if, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even if he was thrown in a free McPlant, no, I'm not having sex with some uh, corporate clown. Fuck that. Second uh -huh. reason is, we, jo we joked that Rudolph has a cocaine empire that he operates January to October, just to keep the finances ticking over pre-Crimbo. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, in real life, I suspect he's a bit work shy. He's a seasonal worker, nothing wrong with seasonal work. But if you're only doing two, a month or two's work a year, then I don't know. I think they'd just always be there. Do you know what I mean? It's that you'd have no U time. They'd just always be around. Like, what are you doing today? It's like, fuck all, it's April. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? So lazy and a symbol of corporate greed. So for once, Kath. I am not going to have sex with one of the animals that you have presented to me. Well, there we go. So there's, well, there's two things that I want to ask uh, here. The first one being, what do you reckon Ronald McDonald looks like without his makeup on? I reckon he is uh, hung like a horse. What? Not naked, I said without his <laughs> makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the makeup comes off on my mind, everything comes off. <laughs> one of McDonald's without the makeup on. Uh, I don't know, a man, <laughs> an off-duty off clown, Cameron from Modern Family. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. I only care about what he looks like naked, and I'm sticking by my answer. He is hung <laughs> like a horse. That Ronald McDonald dick is going mm -hmm. down all the way down to his kneecaps. That's why he wears massive baggy clown pants. He does as well. Oh, do you reckon it, that's like, you know, cl how clown shoes are massive? And yeah. Like really long shoes. Do you reckon that's like with his, his dick? I like how that, that made no sense. I assume you meant, you know what they say about shoe size, but then it could also be the dick's going all the way down the leg and it's still too big for the trouser. <laughs> yeah. So he has to then loop it around and store a bit of it in the shoe well. Mm. That'd be a curse. 
wouldn't it, rather than uh, a blessing, I think. I heard that Ronald McDonald <laughs> banged Helen Hope Mather. <laughs> yeah, I heard that at one of those kids' birthday parties. And it scarred her for life. Are you happy with that little mention there, Helen? I love how Chris, Chris Norton Walker is asked, sorry, I had to order some food, otherwise I might have died. What have I missed? Can I just say, this isn't, it's not like missing 20 minutes of Game of Thrones for us. All you, <laughs> all you missed is Kath described the life of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in 100 words. We riffed that he has a cocaine empire, and now we're imagining that Ronald McDonald has a penis so low at large, he has to store it partially in his trouser leg and partially in his shoe. I mean, this isn't a great work of narrative fiction. It's just me and Kath dicking about. But we appreciate your concern. Oh, also, my sister has fucked Ronald McDonald. Um, that is why it's called a happy meal. <laughs> the other question, and this is a bit less blue, sorry, listeners. What personality type do you think uh, Rudolph would have? Do you reckon, because he was the underdog for so long, he'd be like... Because I find in the comedy industry, there's a lot of people, a lot of us were like bullied at school, are not very popular, a bit socially clunky. And, you know, as such, when you come to comedy, everyone's quite nice to each other on the whole, I found anyway, because you know what it's like to be an outsider. A lot of people have a, a lot of humility. Or do you reckon he would be like these comedians who were like that as well, but then uh, started doing comedy, people wanted to fuck them. And they became an absolute cunt. Which, which way do you think that Rudolph would swing with his underdog tail? I think he's an absolute cunt for this reason. <laughs> I think he's got a chip on his shoulder uh, or a chip on his face about his red nose. Mm-hmm. And But then he's also been too promoted too quickly. Because he's the lead reindeer, isn't he? He's the head of the reindeer, right? Yeah. So he's like, yeah, he's like, it's just all gone to his head. He's got a chip on his shoulder about the nose. He's people make jokes in the meet when they're having reindeer meetings before they set off for the night to deliver presents. I don't know someone asks a question and then they say, "Who knows?" And he's like, "Was that a dig about my fucking nose? Was that about <laughs> my nose?" And like, no, 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 no. So, sorry, boss. I was just saying, like, who knows? Like, no one knows. And he's like, and then he just, but then he can't get it out of his head. He's like, like I was joking about my nose. I'm never promoting Blixen. Not after that nose jab. So yeah, I think um, Rudolph prize prick in my view mm-hmm. yeah i guess if you give a young man power on the whole they will use it for evil that's what i've been doing my whole life yeah and you've barely got any power so <laughs> yeah i know but that modicum that i have i'm using to absolutely shit on people yeah yeah of course as god intended i feel like he's sold his soul and joined the illuminati <laughs> yeah he's one of those guys now <laughs> i hope she's talking about rudolph and not me then Yes, although, you know, one in the third. Before we sign off uh, this little uh, bonus live episode, um, Mm -hmm. I discovered a fun fact about Christmas, Kath. It was written, I think it was Susanna Lipscomb wrote an article on History Mm -hmm. Today. Medieval Christmas ended with Plough Monday, when Henry VIII would resume his hobby of ploughing his way through the ladies in court. Now, I may have transcribed that wrong. It's possible that Plough Monday was simply the start of the ploughing season, but I also like to think it was Henry VIII just returning (laughs) to, right, Christmas is over, I've eaten the last of the goose, where's my ladies in waiting? (laughs) I am stiffers aboard. Plough season has started. (laughs) A ding a ding a ding yeah exactly yeah uh, i like that idea um like when that's so when i first started working in an office job an american colleague who was like 
it was Wednesday and she's like, oh, it's hump day. And I was like, I I'm sorry. <laughs> but what? <laughs> what? What do we have to do? <laughs> um, it's just getting over the hump, isn't it? That's what they mean. I like the idea that she says that and you've got no idea what's happening, but you are just sort of rolling your, your trousers down like, well, I didn't know this, but got to get on board with it. Yeah, yeah. I had my trousers around my ankles before anyone could clarify anything. <laughs> yeah. And as she's saying, over the hump, you just slowly pull your pants back up. Like, yeah, I, I knew that. It was, it was just like a hilarious joke. I pull my pants down in the meeting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we lost, a, we, we lost a watcher. Someone made it through all the shit that. we've said. But the idea of you pulling your pants down, they were like, I'm out. Fuck yeah. this. Uh, Chris Norton Walker says, Next, he'll be wanking in faces in the faces of younger deer. Wow, Chris, you are very much uh, the target audience for this. You're making jokes that cross not only the uh, into the realm of bestiality, but also somehow paedophilia. <laughs> Welcome to the Dark Humor Podcast. We've got merch as well. If anyone, if anyone wants them, I have essentially handed them out to family and people at work. I do also hand them out. <laughs> If you see us at gigs, <laughs> you're very welcome to come get one. Uh, what we've got, our, our merch thus far is we've got condoms <laughs> with our beautiful logo on it. So you can think of us as you're ploughing your loved ones. Um, as you're ploughing your way through the January plough season, you can think you of can us. Drop us a message if you want one. Have a look on our coffee. You can get them on there. ko-fi.com slash hotnotpod. All the merch is there, or you can just buy us a coffee to help support the podcast. Catherine and I vastly overestimate how popular this podcast would be, so we have literally hundreds of Johnnies that we should. Oh my god. So, uh, I have, like, literally, I turn up to gigs of a sack of Johnnies. <laughs> <laughs> and like a double contraceptive Father Christmas, just ho, ho, ho! Where yeah. are my holes? <laughs> I was at work, and uh, I work in a in quite a professional environment, and uh, I work in a hospital, and I got this sack of Johnny's and I was just giving them out to people. And one of the senior doctors walked past and was like, are you handing out condoms? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining this live broadcast, everyone. It's always a promotional thing for the podcast. As I was saying earlier, Spotify, YouTube, any podcasting app you can download it, <laughs> historical hot or not. We're currently in between seasons, but there is like 12 or 13 episodes already up there, so... Get listening, tell your friends about us. And yeah, I think yeah, that this live broadcast was a success. So I say maybe future bonus bands will maybe just do more of these because I think it's been quite fun. Mm. Oh, did you? Well, there we go. We'll we'll actually tell you next time the Elves above and um we'll have a we'll have a great time. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but thank you for letting us know how you found it because uh, <laughs> we, we have no idea how I say we have no idea. I have no idea how anything works. Um oh gorilla. That was ages ago. That was fun. What's, your, what's your Night, Nightclub uh, in Manchester. Yeah. Ah, cool. Um, but I mean, comic. I was doing comedy. Um, oh, yeah. Not just dancing on a podium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we always say on this podcast, remember, it's not what's on the outside, it's what's on the inside of the coffin. Um, so spread your legs, spread the word, uh, spread jam. Um, oh yeah, I did do. A, do you know Gorilla Helen? <laughs> I mean, I assume so because you <laughs> recognised it. Um, I mean, I guess we can probably do do this by text actually, because um, 
<laughs> I feel like this is an open and open can of worms with you and your sister where you went to your hometown, did a gig, and didn't tell your <laughs> sister that it was happening. Now she's like, hang on, when the fuck was this gorilla gig? <laughs> yeah. Thanks yeah. for listening, everyone, and we'll see you Thank later. You. Bye. Bye. Mwah, mwah, mwah. You have been listening to Historical Hot or Not. If you'd like to contribute, we would fucking love that. So you can find us, we're at Coffee, buy us a coffee. Uh, don't send it to us personally, it'll be cold by then. Uh, but it's co-b.com forward slash hot not pod. Uh, send us some coffee, not real coffee, send us the money in coffee. Episodes written by Aidan McCaffrey and Catherine Nather. Our wonderful logo is by Richard Todd. And all music by David Eagle.